Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Dennis Kozloff. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. Wait for it. Just wait for it. Patience is a virtue. Wait for it. Good morning, church. That's, that's what I'm talking about. That's good. All right. I had some funny stories for you, but I'm going to skip them today. You didn't deserve them today. Eh. I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one. I just read it last week. I came across it. There's a famous uh, Indian actor, very rich, and he's known for doing a lot of good to people who need stuff. And he recently did something interesting. So he announced that he's doing this uh, charity project, and he's giving, giving out some stuff for needy families. But he announced it in a very interesting way. He said, well, we're coming to this region, and we're giving only two pounds of flour, just two pounds of flour. So what it made, only people who really, really need food came. And they took this two pounds of flour. The rest didn't bother. I mean, two, two pounds of flour is nothing. But those guys who came home, they opened the flower and they found a bunch of money in each package. So he wanted to make sure only those who really need would come. You know, I believe uh, COVID-19 did that to church. You know, those who say, yeah, I need that flower from heaven. I would come. Even if it's bland, it's just two pounds of flour, I'll come. And if you come with this attitude, it's called hunger. You actually bring this flower home unpack it and you find riches there how's that story good good okay i didn't disappoint you i know one rabbi who always gives a story in the beginning so that people don't come late and those who come late always miss the story by the way the first song we did today was written by the person you know wes haney did you know that yeah that's that's amazing, right? Okay. All right. Now I need to get preaching, and I need to be real short, real quick today. I'll try my best. And also, Neil keeps giving me a hard time for preaching to this side of the congregation and neglecting this side, so I need to keep it in mind. Too many things. Okay. Radical growth. We're in the middle of this series. We actually passed the middle of this series. So today's message is called The Cross. Well, just a little reminder. Spiritual growth is a process in which we cooperate with God's Spirit within us. And in this process, He reveals to us our position in Christ. There's nothing else to that. What Christ has done, what He has accomplished, the Holy Spirit reveals to us. We begin to see it, and our position becomes our possession. We take it from a theoretical level of just head knowledge to the heartfelt reality and it becomes our experiential knowledge. We begin to live in it. That's what growth is, spiritual growth. And I want to tell you that it's all about the gospel, the good news. God has sent His Son to accomplish certain things for us, to forgive our sins, to make us fully acceptable to Him, to put us into Christ, 
to qualify us to receive all the goodness of God and all the fullness of God's, God's heart's intentions for us. That's what the gospel is, to fulfill His good pleasure in us, to make us His genuine children, not just adopted by Him, but genuinely, organically born of His Spirit. <laughs> That's the gospel. And this is called good news. You can become a child of God today if you would believe in Jesus as God's sent Savior. This is how it begins for everyone. The moment you believe it, the moment you, your heart resonates and says, yes, this is it, you are born again. You are born of God. You are born into the family of God. That's, that's how it begins. Birth, whether natural or spiritual, takes very little time. Well, conception, nine months of development within the womb, and then a few hours of labor. Here we go, Lily. And then, boom, the new life is born. New life is born. And it's wonderful. But then the development of this life begins, and it takes way longer than the original process of conception, pregnancy, and birth. Years. 20 years in natural life. Like, ask Lisa. <laughs> she knows what I'm talking about way better than many people here. How many kids did you have? Yes. Five. Five kids. I know a family that have ten kids. I don't know how they even have breakfast. I have no clue. <laughs> it's a mystery to me. I have three. That's enough for me. So, well, anyway, this, this, this life grows. So, it's the same. I want you to understand that it's the same thing. It's what you receive from the Lord. Christianity is not about what you learn from the pulpit. It's about the new life that you receive into your spirit. And then you watch this life grow in you and do things that you cannot do. Jesus is being formed in you. <laughs> You're being ushered into the fellowship of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Perfect relationship of love that never began. You are invited. The baptism is being brought into the midst of that. Neil, how am I doing speaking to this side of the congregation? Good. <laughs> I got my brownie poise for today. <laughs> this is the gospel. Yeah, don't look at me. Yeah. You know, babies should become toddlers. That's the growth. Toddlers should become boys and girls, adolescents, teenagers, young adults, fully matured, grown adults, fully capable of doing adult stuff. That's the same idea that God has for us. Cute and forever beloved babies of God should grow in this unconditional love and goodness of God to become mature sons of God, daughters of God, able to participate in His work and in His move on this earth. The love of God can do that. If you don't grow, if you don't let this life grow in this unconditional goodness and love of God manifested in Christ Jesus, you are not able to do anything in the kingdom of God. That's why you should take roots. You, you should get established in that. And it's a long process. And for different people, it takes different time. And different people go through this process with different pace during different seasons of their lives. And it's, all, it's not the same for everybody. But I want you to know that spiritually speaking, both spiritual birth and spiritual growth are found in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to say it again. Both spiritual birth and spiritual growth 
cannot happen apart from the person of Jesus Christ. That's a narrow way. It's as narrow as one specific person, a Jewish carpenter from a dirty town of Bethlehem who is the son of God. You start with him, you go on with him, and he is the final, ultimate destination. Growth of a Christian means development of the same life that he or she received originally. It's not improving your old self. It's not polishing it. It's receiving a different kind of life inside your spirit and letting it grow and develop in you. I have seen many Christians who rejoice greatly when they originally receive the good news. Because it, it, just, it just fills them with hope and infuses them with like... And this joy unspeakable and full of glory. I love this, this, this expression, joy unspeakable and full of glory. I actually, when I got saved, I would wake up like months after I became a Christian. I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would like, ah, I didn't know how to explain. I would like, it, it was like this bubbling joy inside of me. I felt like it's, I'm going to explode. So I would just spin in my bed. And like, it made no sense. It, I had no reason to feel that way. There was something inside. It's the Spirit of God, indestructible life inside of you. It came right in, in, the, in the very inner being of yours, in your spirit, made you alive. Hey, that's a good news, right? <laughs> so a lot of Christians experience that, and you should experience that. If you've never experienced that, you will, you will. Stick with this church, stick with us, you will. I promise you, you will experience this joy and speak with full of glory. But what happens often, like a couple of years passes by, and the novelty of it all wears off, and you kind of learn all this Christianese language and all these cliches and all this, this, and it grows stale, and you kind of lose enthusiasm, and you lose interest. And then you begin to think that you need something more advanced. And being part of the free market here in America, a Christian market offers you tons of materials, biblical materials, all kinds of stuff. And unfortunately, I noticed, and that's the worst thing that can happen to a Christian. They begin to develop this attitude that the cross of Christ, the Jesus, message of Jesus Christ is the elementary entry level thing that you kind of need to graduate from to more advanced spiritual meat kind of thing. And there's a, ra a wide range of teachings offered on the market from like, oh, Nephilims or like detailed charts of eschatological developments of the history, all kinds of stuff, biblical stuff, oh, uh, secret codes of uh, Jewish words and letters that can unlock the Bible. Most Christians don't know that stuff. They're ignorant, but we got the key. It will unlock the Bible for you. You will know the true meaning of it. That's the same spirit that operated in early church. It's called Gnosticism. Secret knowledge that nobody has. There's no secret knowledge. Jesus Christ is the only key who, can, who unlocks the true meaning of the Bible. If you have zeal for God, but you don't have the gospel of Jesus, you're going to be destructive to what God is doing on this earth. If you have spiritual hunger, that's a sign of a mercy of God on your life. Nobody can engineer the hunger for God. God himself does that. But if you don't add faith into the gospel of Jesus to this hunger, you, you're going to produce a tormented soul. 
Because Spirit of God gives you hunger. And Spirit of God shows you to Jesus and satisfies this hunger. and increases your capacity. Amen. Oh, I'm whispering again. I need to speak louder. But you need to know that when I whisper, that's important. That's like a hint. Like when I begin to hear, he's speaking something important. That I don't know how it works. It works in me this way. I give a hard time to media people. All right. So, so we got that. Yeah. Let me stick with my notes. I try to stick with my notes. So I said it, and I'm going to say it again. Christ is true and ultimate revelation of who God is and what his heart's desire is. This is the gospel. First John 5, 11, 12 says, And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever doesn't have the Son does not have life, period. That's a nutshell of what we believe, what we pursue, what we preach, what we are about. The Son of God is life for every person living on this earth. That's it. No more advanced teachings. No secret knowledge. If you're bored with Christ, go away. We won't preach anything else here. I, I can do that. Well, Neil told me you're Russian. You can be rude. Okay. Look at Apostle Paul. He knew all kinds of things about biblical text, biblical things, extra-biblical teachings. He was the most advanced in the study of Jewish scriptures and interpretations of the scriptures. He knew all possible apocrypha books like the book of Enoch that is very popular today among uh, charismatic Christians. But look what he says when he compares all of his knowledge, all of his pre-Christ experiences to Christ that he has discovered. Listen to what he has to say in Philippians 3, 7 through 11. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What's more, I consider everything loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage. Crap. That's original language, Greek for you. No, seriously, I don't. Go check. It's a dog's poop. I'm sorry. I mean, he was very graphic. I just translate. You know, I, for years I worked as a translator, as an interpreter. So he said, I consider him refuse, a garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes. To know the power of his resurrection. To know the participation in his sufferings. To become like him in his death. And so somehow attain to the resurrection of the dead. Can you hear longing in his heart? Can you hear thirst and hunger? The guy who knows everything and everything about Jewish scriptures and tradition and everything. He said, this is all crap. I found Christ, and all I want is Him. I want everything about Him. I want everything that is found in Him. I want to be found in Him. I want to be just like Him. I want to experience God the way Christ makes. That's our way. 
you don't graduate from Christ Jesus. You don't move on to more advanced things. You don't, please don't consider that this is spiritual milk and spiritual meat is something else apart from Christ. Both milk and meat are found in Christ Jesus. Don't be deceived by, 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 by Christian marketing stuff and selling you special revelations. Please don't. All right? I'm talking to you like adults now. Christ is the heart of the Bible. Christ is the center of it all. Christ is the mystery of God revealed. Christ, who He is and what He has done. These truths are to be central for us. And these truths are hard to understand. We need to dig into them. We need to really study them. We need to get into them. What Paul writes in New Testament, it's really hard to grasp. Our natural logic, our natural logic, like, resists that. It makes no sense. And Paul himself says, the message of the cross is foolishness to this world. So if you're trying to build your life to impress the world, you're going to fail as a Christian. Because if you're a successful Christian, a lot of people will think you're a fool. That's actually a sign of success. <laughs> hey, fools. Fellow fools. I'm sorry. For Christ's sake. So, we need to exercise faith to approach this truth. We need to engage our spirit as we read and meditate upon those truths. These truths are precious and life-changing. I'm talking about truths related to Christ. If they are accepted and appropriated by childlike faith. You need faith. You really need to believe when you read the New Testament that it has to do with you. It has to do with you. It has to do with your friends. It has to do with your co-workers. It has to do with Springfield, Ohio today. It has to do with COVID. It has to do with everything. One of the most difficult New Testament teachings about Christ that is hard to grasp, yet is one of the most important teachings, is a teaching about the cross of Christ. It's indispensable. The, the, the title of today's message is The Cross. So, Galatians 6, 14, Paul says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. May I never boast about anything in my life except Jesus and his cross. Paul reminds Galatians who drifted away from the gospel into more advanced Judaism teaching. He reminds them, hey Galatians, remember when I came to you? Remember what I preached to you? I preached Christ crucified. I preached it in a way that you almost saw him with, with your eyes. It's almost like you were there when he was crucified. And he said, you remember what happened as a result of that when your heart said yes to that? The Spirit of God began to just flood you. Miracles began to happen in the midst of you. He said, did you do it by law and study Jewish tradition or because you saw Christ crucified? He said, it happened because you saw Christ crucified that I preached. That's the center of our preaching here. We will never. I, I, I pray and I believe that Neil, neither Neil nor I nor anyone who would preach from this platform will ever drift away from Christ crucified. All right? <laughs> so, yeah. 
1 Corinthians, he says, For Christ did not send me to baptize. He's coming to this church that is torn apart by divisions and arguings, and they're carnal, and they have all kinds of sins in the midst of them. And he said, when I come to you, I, I determine to preach, to know nothing but Christ crucified. So that the, and I, I put aside all the eloquence of human speech because I don't want to devoid the cross of Christ of its power. The power of God is made available to us in the message of the cross of Christ. Okay, I'm not going to develop this any further, but I'm going to tell you that Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected is the only entrance into God's reality. I'll say it again. Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected is the only entrance into God's reality. He's the only narrow way to follow into God's reality, and He is the final destination, ever-growing presence of God in you and through you. That's why we should never graduate from the teaching of the cross of Christ. Now, here's the self-test question. Test yourself. How much have you thought of the mystery of the cross of Christ last week? How often does it come across your mind during the day? Paul said, that's the center of my life. You know, I heard scores of stories when people experience some big crisis in their life, whether health-related or whatever, relationship, finances. And a lot of times, those people were led, you will hear it from different people, were led to take communion daily at home. Just take a juice or wine, whatever you use, and bread, and take a few minutes to take communion. And a lot of those people had a major breakthrough in their life. Even like uh, physical healings, all kinds of things. You know why? Because when they do that, they actually finally give their attention to the cross of Christ. They begin to think. They begin to meditate. They begin to dig into that. They begin to identify themselves with the cross of Christ. And it begins to operate. God begins to operate based on that. Does it make sense what I'm saying? So please make sure you cultivate this, this consciousness of the cross of Christ in your life. It is indispensable in your life. Check yourself. So, the cross is the secret of it all. It is what he did that counts, and it becomes a driving force in our life when we appropriate it by faith. Listen, one more important thing. We should learn not to add anything to Christ, to, to, to the cross of Christ. I'll say it again. We should learn not an OT to add anything to the cross of Christ. Why am I saying that? Because that's our natural tendency. We really want to add stuff to what Christ has done. Christ is the only means of obtaining the grace of God for your life. And the grace, one thing that you should learn about the grace of God, it doesn't mix well. It doesn't mix with anything. As soon as you add anything to the grace of God, the grace of God ceases to be the grace of God. It's gone, basically. A little bit of law, a little bit of regulations, a little bit of spiritual principles that you need to keep up with, a little bit of, it's gone. All you have is religion. And you will be depressed. You will be shattered. There will be no life, no joy unspeakable and full of glory. Because cross, that's the only basis for God to operate in your life. The cross of Christ. That's why you have nothing to, be, to boast about. You have no credit to take 
That's wonderful. That's deliberating. You are free to fall flat on your face. That's good too. That's part of the process of spiritual growth. I haven't seen mature Christians who haven't fallen flat on their face. I haven't seen a good Christian leaders without a limp, with a broken, without a broken hip. Jacob, before he was renamed Israel, had a fight with God and God broke his hip. And he began this guy. That's how the leader in the church of God looks like. You can trust these people. God has dealt with them. I'm actually uh, distracting from my main thing. <laughs> but maybe somebody needed to hear that. All right. So uh, we can do the whole series about the cross. I'm not going to. And again, it's not going to help you even if I try. Because that's something that you need to cultivate on the daily basis in your life. But I will, I will mention two important aspects of the cross of Christ that we need to get based on the lesson of that book. The first one is we can call it theologically justification aspect of the Christ. But basically it's what Christ has done, what the cross of Christ has done on behalf of you. And that's what your sins have been forgiven. Your condemnation was obliterated. Your curse was destroyed. You were made fully and totally acceptable in God's sight. When God looks at you today, He sees Jesus and He wants to hug you. And it's not a rose glasses that He put on Himself to, to deceive Himself. No, it's a reality that He created. This new reality is called new creation. When He looks at you, He doesn't see your crookedness. He doesn't see your, like, your propensity to evil thinking. And He sees new creation in Christ Jesus. <laughs> this is amazing. You really need to pray to get this revelation because if you don't, you're going to live in guilt and shame. And person who lives in guilt and shame cannot experience the fullness of God, cannot experience the reality of God, cannot minister the reality of the presence of God to others, cannot mature and grow. So shame does not belong to you any longer. You don't belong to shame. Guilt does not belong. How is it dealt with through the cross of Christ? God has dealt with those things through the cross of Christ. You need to see that. But that's not enough. It's like having a problem with the IRS and then discovering that somebody paid all your debts. You don't have to worry about it. I mean, you used to lose your sleep over that, but now you don't have to. It's been paid. You are in, what is it, in black again? Not in red? You're not bleeding financially? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a weak example, but it is. But, but the next part comes when you're free from guilt and accusation. You're confident that God loves you and accepts you. But it's still your good old self. You can't really, I mean, you're stuck with yourself. There's not much Jesus in you. Remember, last time I preached... Not I, but Christ, two players and one word of negation. Remember, we need to learn that. Can you sh shut off the phone, please? Or I'll come and deal with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll send somebody. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Make me. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. You're distracting. <laughs> Okay, two aspects. One aspect is 
what, Christ, what the cross of Christ has done for, for us. And the second one is very important. Listen to that. And it's found in the book of Romans in chapter 6. Is what the cross of Christ has done with you. Neil and I are like broken record. We keep saying Christ died on behalf of us. He died for us. But listen to that. It's very important for you to understand that Christ also died as us. He identified with us so much, we have no clue. And now the process of growth is we learn to identify back with Him. He identified with our brokenness, with our sinfulness, to such an extent that He actually became a sin. That's what the book of uh, Corinthians says. The one who knew no sin, Christ, God has made sin for us so that we would become righteousness of God in Him. He identified himself with us so much. And now we need to identify with him. So he died as us. And I kept telling you, and I, I, I'm sorry if it's too repetitive, but this cross right here is, is a representation of the cross of Calvary. But the cross of Calvary is not Jesus' cross, really. It's your cross. Jesus didn't have to die. You, you, you had to die. But he died as you. And this is the basis of setting you free. From any kind of bondage and addiction. A lot of Christians, they live in this vicious cycle of living okay for a while. Enjoying the Lord and fellowship with Him. But then slipping into the, some kind of a pattern of sin that they develop in their life. Each one has a, different things. Some things are sinful for everybody. Some things are sinful just for you. It's not a sin for your neighbor, for example. It can be anything. Overeating, porn. A lot of men struggle with porn. You know that. Uh, anything. I don't have to list those things. But what happens usually, Christian lives away from that stuff for a while, but then slips off, relapses, then feels horrible. And then puts himself back together, comes to the Lord, asks for forgiveness, confesses the sin. He's... Fellowship is gradually restored, and he begins to enjoy this peace and joy again. But then it happens again. And then it happens again. And then it happens again. Look, tell me, do you think it's God's normal plan for a Christian life? It's not. And the Bible gives us the way out of that. And guess what is the main means to get you out of this lifestyle? The cross of Christ. Let's, let's read this passage in... Uh, Chapter 6 of, uh, book of, of the book of Romans. And it's very relevant to those people who are getting baptized. Because it's, it has to do with baptism directly. <clears throat> Let me find this passage. Oh, gosh. I preach away from my notes so much that I have to scroll to find where I am. Oh, here it is. Romans 6. And I believe we have that. Yes. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We, listen to that, we are those who died to sin. How can we leave it in, in it any longer? Or don't you know? That's a good question. Don't you know? You're supposed to know that. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death. That's the identification. When you, bap when, you, when you get baptized, 
you actually put yourself into who Christ is and what he has done. He died and you died with him. He died to sin and he rose to be alive forever to God. And that's your story today. Not because of what you have done or you will do, but because of what Christ has done, has done, has done, has already done, has already done. So God doesn't do new things in your life just thinking, okay, you prayed enough. I'm going to create new things and deliver it into your life. I'm going to give you a more uh, greater degree of freedom into your life. Okay, you've been smoking for too long and you've been praying and now I'm, I decided to finally give you a freedom from this addiction. No, it's the same freedom that was available to you all along based on the cross of Christ. So if any Christian... And if any of you still live in this pattern of slavery to sin or sinful behavior, it's only because you believe lies. You don't believe the fullness of the message of the cross of Christ. Because the message of the cross of Christ declares that He died for real and in Him you died for real. And He rose again and you rose again. And the baptism is a good thing to do because that's kind of a makes it tangible for you, tangible reality. So if you haven't been baptized as an adult, you should do that. All right. Well, did I say everything I wanted to say? Yes, I think so. So that's a good place to say amen and call Pastor Neil here. Amen. Pastor Neil, come. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.